May the Christ who was born to save be heard amidst all the music and words spoken so that our lives can be transformed. Let's pray together. Open us now to hear words beyond a preacher, beyond a choral program, words that speak deeply within us to all who will listen. Thank you for your universal love, your placement in every human heart. May we this day, through this form and style of worship, avail ourselves to you. In the name of the one who was called the Word made flesh, Jesus the Christ, amen. With my fourth child having completed his final college class on Friday, I've been thinking about how much I've spent in college educations. I paid for 3.001% or 3.001 college degrees. You see, my son Bobby was not much into college. But it prompts me to think of a question. How much would you pay for a good education? The younger brother, the prodigal son as he's called, paid a uniquely high price for his education. He graduated from the college of the far country, and his education cost him really everything. It cost him everything he had inherited. It cost his pride. It cost him his place, his sense of security at home. It even cost him his religion. Uh, Good Jewish boy that he was out feeding the pigs. But he learned what can only be known by going to such a school. He learned what can only be known through such a crisis. He learned about himself. He learned about life. He learned about home. He learned about this one he called Father. Richard Rohr says, never waste your pain. Never waste your pain. Learn when you're lost to detect that voice that calls and invites you to come home, to be found yet again. There are a lot of people who go to this college. It's, it's, uh, it's an open enrollment, and most of us find ourselves at some point at the college of the far country. We have no problem recognizing that we're lost. It's where most of us live and breathe, not just once, but throughout our lives. In many and varied ways, we find ourselves lost. The challenge is, can we hear the other part of the education? Or are we stuck in that place where the only messages we hear, the only voices we hear, the only tapes in our head we hear say these words, you're not enough. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not rich enough or thin enough or creative enough or funny enough. In fact, you're a failure. You've wasted your family inheritance. You've Destroyed the family's reputation and you're no longer worthy to be considered a part of the family. It's where a lot of people are. And when the dominant voice that is heard in one's head is a word about guilt and shame, 
The result is we either isolate or we lash out at others or sometimes even at ourselves. We become angry and we become conflicted because we don't like being in this lost place, but we don't know what to do about it. And so much of what we hear in the world today, in people's anger, in their fear, in their demonizing, in their categorizing, is about this message that's rattling around in their brains. I don't care how much money you have. If you're always having to tell someone how much money you have, there's some kind of insecurity going on inside. I don't care how afraid you are when the answer to your fear is always someone else. Demonizing. Quarantining someone else. Then there's something at work in you that has to do with retaining old guilt and shame and unworthiness that comes out in trying to either fix the world or blame the stranger or get tough on crime, but it never really opens itself to hearing a voice that changes the whole pattern, that invites a whole new consciousness, a whole new way of seeing the world. Far too many people go to this college of the far country and yet they miss, they miss the decisive piece of the educational experience which happens when they hear the call to come home. To learn from what you've experienced and now come home. Come home differently. I love the new revised standard that I read from earlier, the the parable of the prodigal son. It says he was so hungry he would have eaten what the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. But then it says, when he came to himself. Oh, oh. The, The message says that brought him to his senses. In the church, the language we would use in in this kind of moment would be the Holy Spirit spoke to him. The Spirit speaks from within oneself. As someone said, God always pulls from the inside, not the outside. Augustine said, people often look for light and truth where it is not, outside themselves. This voice from within, it calls and it pulls. It pulls. It's like a, it's like a magnet. It draws you. And it invites you into this space of divine love to leave the far country where you work and yet you're hungry all the time, where your self-identity is based on your failures, to leave that place and to come home where the identity is like Jesus. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. It changes everything about how you see the world. There's abundance rather than scarcity now. There's welcome rather than disdain. There's a sense of being beloved rather than a sense of being rejected. Wise people know. Don't waste your pain. We learn more through being lost than staying home on a couch that we call found. Wise people also know. If we can still our minds enough, every human heart, every life, no matter how far away you are in the country, 
has the capacity to hear this voice. For it always speaks. Always speaks. Sadly, few use the, use the pain of being lost in order to grow into this maturity so that we can become attentive to the call. You have to be attentive. The voice isn't loud. It isn't obvious. And sometimes the voice is disorienting for it alters the narrative in our heads and hearts. It, it changes or challenges our framing of the world as good and bad, in and out, right and wrong. It changes us and awakens us to something the change of which can only be described in Jesus' words as born again. Born again. Lewis Miller suggested I look at this interesting movie called Into the Woods. It's a conflation of several fairy tales that includes one of my favorites, Jack and the Beanstalk. You know the story of how he plants the seeds and The sprout comes up and he climbs and goes way up into the sky only to to find there are giants in the sky. A big, tall, terrible giant at the door. A big, tall, terrible lady giant sweeping the floor and she gives you food and she gives you rest and she draws her close to her giant breast and you know things now that you never knew before, not till the sky. It's education college of the far country only just when you made a friend and all and you know she's big but you don't feel small someone bigger than her comes along the hall to swallow you for lunch and your head is lead and your stomach stone and you feel really scared being all alone and it's then that you miss the things that you've known and the world you've left and the little you own the roof the house Your mother at the door, the roof, the house, and the world you've never thought to explore. And you think of the things you've seen. And you wish that you could live in between. And you're back again, only different than before. After the sky. Wise people know how to go to the far country and leave the far country different. To find their way home. Advent is this time when. In the far country. In our many different ways of being in the far country. We reflect on where we are. And we listen for the voice. The Christmas voice. This invitation of the one who comes to say. Come home. Come home where everything will be made new. And you trust it. And it's true. And it's like you're born again. I've told the story before of just a year or so before I became the pastor here at Highland. Some 20 years ago, I was in a season of crisis in my own life and ministry. Confused about what what I was doing and how effective it was and whether this 
all hung together for me, and it was in the midst of all of the Baptist strife and all of that, I decided I needed a retreat, and I went to a place way down in South Texas in Kennedy County. It has about 250 people in the whole county, about 10,000 cows and lots of uh, mesquite trees. To a place named Lebshomea, which means the listening heart. It was a place of silence. I got to tell you, I was scared to be silent for three plus days. Uh, I'm not one to uh, be silent very much. But I knew I, I needed to go. So I went and I was relieved that there was actually one hour a day when you didn't have to be silent if you signed up for a spiritual director. I said, sign me up for that. I need to talk to someone. Her name was Sister Jean. She was a, a nun who worked and was one of the leaders there at Leb Shomea. We went into a closed, into a room, closed the door. And I suppose because I thought I'll never see her again, and I, I've never seen her again, I just poured out my life. All the places where I felt broken, all the way, places I felt confused by this life and work, by this particular vocation of ministry and what was I doing? And when it ended, when I finally stopped this sort of verbal vomit that was happening, she said, yeah, I, I hear you. She said, it feels to me like what I'm feeling that you need is to let God love you. I said, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, help me with that. Now, give me a book or a program where I can work on that. She said, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, what I mean is, really, you just need to let God love you. Yeah, I heard you the first time I said, but I, give me some, some resource that will help. She said, Joe, 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 stop working. Stop working. Let God love you. Let God hold you. And see if that doesn't change things. Well, I left that meeting uh, and walked back to my little hermitage, the little cabin where I stayed. I was kind of frustrated. But I thought I would try it. And I went back and fell onto the bed. And I can't describe it except to say that I fell into God. I just got in a fetal position and began to cry and felt myself enveloped, surrounded held and it reshaped my life I, I fell asleep and I'm a guy who sleeps about 5 or 6 hours at a time I slept for 14 hours and when I woke up my life and how I saw life and how I interpreted my life uh, all I can say is I was born again I was given a new consciousness, a different level of consciousness. Sometimes it takes a crisis to silence all the defensive and distractive noises long enough to hear the words come home, where there's abundance, where there's forgiveness, where there's this father. Come home, but come home different. Because you are different. You're a graduate of the college of the far country. Yes, come home. You, yes, your older brother's going to be there. 
who's still going to be snide and still act all holier than thou. Yes, I understand. Yes, there will be other prodigals who are there and they're going to smell like pigs, just like you do. And yes, home is loud and complicated that conflates a lot of personalities, a lot of screwed up people like the person sitting right next to you in the pew. Don't look at him or her right now. But that's what home is. Home isn't about being disconnected. It's not being about... It's not about being individualistic. It's not about I'll do it my own way. It's about this mysterious oneness. Oneness. That if we have the same father, that means that we're brothers and sisters. And if our father is God, then we are sons and daughters of God. And all of a sudden, this new consciousness wakes up in your brain and you see yourself and you see the world and you see the problems of the world all differently. You see creation differently. You see every single person, even the people that we most fear. They're sons of God. They're daughters of God. They may not be living it. They may have forgotten it. They may be in the far country, but we're still connected. And you sing with amazement. I once was lost, but now I'm found. The invitation this morning is for you and me to say yes to this invitation to come home. To say yes, as Mary said yes long ago. Let it be. Here am I. What would happen to you, your life, the way you see the world, if you could say, here am I. Let it be according to your word. Together we sing our response. number 124 in our green hymnals is titled our hymn of response I know we know this hymn I know we can sing it but can it be our response to God and it may be that as we sing you're ready to come be part of what God is doing here at Highland I'll be at the front we would welcome you on this third Sunday in Advent as we sing our faith Mm -hmm. 